We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Cody Felger, Derek Larger, your guys here today helping to preview the Indianapolis Colts Week 2 preseason matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. This game is going to be a little bit more telling on where the Colts are. The Colts do plan to play a lot more of their starters in this game. And it's a weird game because it's on a Saturday night. It's not on a Sunday. It's a little bit odd. I always want to say Sunday night, but it's a Saturday night game. And so, Derek, how excited on a scale from 1 to 10, even though it is preseason, for another Colts football game? Oh, it's not an 11, man. I mean, come on. I'm super excited. Another chance for some Colts action. Another chance to hang out with our loyal listeners. So it's great to be able to do that again. And it's good to just see more of what this Colts team has, you know, being able to see a couple of the starters, you know, for a couple series, maybe see what some guys have and who steps up again. Yeah, for sure. And I thought, Derek, we could do kind of similar to how we did last game preview, because obviously we can't really compare stats because these are whole different football teams from a season ago. And so I thought we could just kind of do how we did it last week. And if you're not familiar with how we did it last week, Essentially, we kind of just ran through some players that we wanted to watch. We did five players to watch in three positions that we're watching as well. We kind of talked about some players in depth. I thought we could do the same here for this preseason game. Like I mentioned, there's going to be a lot more starters in this game compared to week number one. So, Derek, let's start there. We'll just start, we'll switch it up today. We'll start with the three positions that we are watching the most closely, the positions that we would say, are under the biggest microscope for us right now. What would your first position be that you're watching in this game? I would say it has to be the offensive line for me. You know, I want to see if any of these guys, particularly the left tackle position, you know, steps up and, you know, provides that sort of stable connection there on that side until Eric Fisher comes back. And, you know, we saw that Eric Fisher was out there today with a helmet for certain times. I mean, Take with that as you wish, but I mean, nevertheless, I think that means that Fisher might actually be a lot closer to coming back than some of us might actually think. But if he were to miss some time, still, we need to figure out, you know, 
who's going to really be that left tackle right now. A lot of people think it's Holden, but you know, Holden really hasn't separated himself at all. So I want to see who is it at that left tackle spot specifically can, you know, start to rise above the others. It's still, it's an issue. Even now it's crazy. That's still an issue. I mean, my goodness, how many guys have you tried out there at left tackle and none of them have seemed to be able to hold down the fort? It's almost getting to the point where it's so bad. You're asking the question, okay, if Quentin Nelson does come back week one, do you almost kick him out the tackle until Eric Fisher returns and have Chris Reed play guard? Mm-hmm. Like it's getting to that point where it's getting a little bit concerning. Like you're like, none of these guys are separating themselves from the pack so far. I would like to see Tevi over there a little bit more. I mean, he's not perfect at all. I mean, he's not even – I would hesitate to say he's even decent at this point. But, you know, I feel like you got to try it. Will Holden has not been cutting it so far. And you just got to try one of these guys and hope that something clicks with one of them. And, yeah, I think that's a huge position for sure because, you know, even if Carson Wentz comes back week one, you want to know that he's well protected, right? He's still – still on that mend, right? Even though he's coming back, he may not be, I mean, the Colts want him to be hundred percent. I think they will, but he's still coming off of surgery, right? So you want to protect him as well as you can. And you know, he's had some injuries before. I mean, they've been some minor injuries and one major injury, but you want to protect him like Philadelphia didn't last year. And so you want to feel at least okay about your tackle situation. And right now I do not feel okay about our tackle situation. And so yeah, this is a big position. I want to see it again at, 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 against another team, right? I want to see it again against another team and see, is it really that bad? You know, it's been really, really bad so far. You're right, Derek. If somebody can just finally just do something and be decent, I'll feel a lot better about the tackle position. That's sad that we have better. to say that. that. If somebody is decent, it's just – Oh man, it's just it's, horrendous. It sucks because the rest of the offensive line, when it gets healthy, and we assume everyone's going to be back by week one, except for potentially Eric Fisher, then you know the entire offensive line is great. But you know the left tackle position, one of the most important positions in all football, you know it, it can't even be decent in our eyes so far. It's rough. Yeah, I do wonder, man. Like. If it's really that bad, what if the Colts went after a veteran? I know we had a couple other guys that we were like pointing to. Like, I don't know if Russell Okung's still on the market, but you know, one of those veteran offensive tackles for a couple weeks, if it gets to that point where it's just like, this is horrible, you know, kind of like what happened last year when the Colts went down, when the Colts were down tackles and they had to sign Jared Veld here kind of last minute and he ended up working out really well. What if they did a similar situation with one of these veteran guys say, hey, we need help here for a couple weeks at tackle. I hope it doesn't get to that point, but what if it does get to that point where the Colts feel like they need to go outside their building to find somebody? Right, exactly. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be difficult to really see and it's almost to the point where you're right, the notion of moving Nelson to left tackle and making Chris Reed the left guard sounds very entertaining at this point, you know, given we know what Chris Reed's able to do. And Nelson being, you know, serviceable at left tackle, you know, we've, we've seen it work before last season and the limited snaps we did. And it seems like the best option at this point. And we've been against moving Nelson to left tackle permanently, right? We've been against that because I don't think that's the right move, but 
I think, yeah, if it gets to this point, and we also didn't expect the tackle position to be this bad, right? We thought at least one of these guys was going to be decent to hold down the fort until Eric Fisher did return. I think the Colts felt the same way, you know? They they signed Sam Tevy, who they felt like had a lot of upside. We'll hold and show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tell you some good things. Both these guys have been absolutely outright terrible so far. And that's just something you don't expect. You know, I think the Colts haven't expected it so far. Now, they're not to the point where they're panicking yet. Obviously, they haven't broadened anybody yet. But yeah, I think certainly if it continues this trend, I could very well see them either doing that or go and signing a veteran um, offensive tackle who has some experience to really hold down the fort until Fisher does return. But I feel like those are just worst case scenarios. And unfortunately, it's been a worst case scenario so far, I feel like with the tackle position, but definitely something we're going to monitor and keep an eye on here in week number two. I think we got to go with quarterback as well, Derek. I mean, Sam Ellinger getting the first team snaps this week, pretty much the entire first half. And I'm really intrigued. Say Sam Ellinger goes out and struggles. Now, not going to say he will because he could be really, really good. But if he's struggling, do the Colts bring in Jacob Eason, say, the second quarter, right? Because they said, and and they publicly said, he's going to get the first half so far. But what if he is struggling? And we know how well Jacob Eason's been playing recently. Like, could that be something that could actually be realistic? I don't know if it is. I'm not saying it is, but I'm just going to keep an eye on that, you know, on the quarterback play, on how Sam Ellinger's playing in that first quarter and first half. And then what the Colts feel like they, they need to do, maybe it maybe it, it divvies out the way that they expect. But you never know, man. You never know. What are your thoughts on this quarterback position? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm the kind of the same way as you, wanting to know, you know, how far are they actually going to push that. I'll be honest, man, from the very beginning, that I don't necessarily like anymore seeing what I saw from Eason. I don't like the fact that now Ellinger is going to get the first team snaps and now Eason is going to get primarily the second, third, maybe fourth string guys going against him now. I don't like that because we just saw Jacob Eason against the second stringers of Carolina go out there, put on a show, and over the last few days has been a just been a absolute dime over there on the field over these last two practices has been damn near perfect. And you're now telling me that the guy who, you know, struggled yesterday and he threw barely through 60%. He couldn't run the offense very well from what I was hearing. 
You're still telling me that that guy's going to get the first team reps and is going to get the first half. I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not. I really just want to see more of what Eason can do. Now I'm hoping Ellinger with the, the chance that he gets goes out there, does what he needs to do, makes plays, all things considered, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see who the Vikings actually put out there to play for this early part of the scrimmage as well. But like you said, if he starts doing bad, do they just stick it out with him through the first half or, or do they say, okay, we've seen all we needed to see Eason time now. I mean, it, it's, it sucks. Cause I kind of want to see more of Eason getting that opportunity versus Ellinger at this point, because we've seen what Eason's been able to do with the higher, uh, the higher seated guys versus what Ellinger has been given. Yeah. I mean, I kind of look at it both ways. Like I see what you're saying. Like, and this is, I think, in this scenario that you are definitely saying Eason is the guy you're going with. I don't think the Colts quite know yet. You know, I feel like they have, they feel like, oh man, he's been improving. We like to see that. But I see what they're doing as well. It does suck that last week Carolina didn't play their starters, but I think they kind of had this plan before they knew. Um, so it just kind of sucks the scenario where Ellinger is going to see a lot more of starting guys as opposed to what Jacob Eason saw in week number one. But yeah, if he is your starter, I definitely see it from that standpoint because I'm like, man, I would like to see him against more starting guys, right? But also I kind of get what the Colts are doing, and they have another preseason game to kind of figure it out. So I feel like they they have basically what they're doing, it appears they have one guy play one first half, and then the next guy play the next first half, and they're going to kind of go based off of that and then probably make their decision um, who is the starter moving forward, probably the third preseason game. So that's kind of what, what I'm thinking they're going to do. And obviously all eyes are going to be on Ellinger, but you got to kind of wonder, okay, um, what's going to happen if he plays really well, right? If Ellinger plays really well, Eason plays really well again, like what are the Colts going to do with their quarterback situation? Like it, it's going to be very intriguing to watch. And, and obviously when, Last week when Ellinger went out there, I still felt like even against Jacob Beeson was against better talent, even though it was second team, I felt like Jacob Beeson played better. I, obviously, his pocket awareness is something we, we know. He had a couple turnovers there. You know, he had the strip sack, which you can blame on Eason to some degree, but also he's got to have more than two seconds to, to throw the football right in the pocket. So it goes both ways. But yeah, I mean, I want to give credit to Ellinger, though. He, he has been – he had a nice bounce back day on Thursday as well. So I'm just in, interested to see how he performs. And then based off of those two performances, where the Colts go for their starting quarterback, say Wentz isn't out there week number one. But it's definitely something we're going to be watching, man. It's definitely something that's going to be interesting. All right. What is another position, Derek, that you're really looking for here in preseason game number two? I really want to see the corners. You know, I want to see more of the Isaiah Rogers and the Rocky Sins and, you know, those guys battling for it. Cause right now, I mean, they said the starters are going to play. So that bears the question who is getting the start at cornerback on that third cornerback spot? That's what I'm interested to see. I want to see is it going to be Rock? Is it going to be Marvell Tell? Is it, is it going to be TJ Carey? I mean, all things considered, I think it's either going to be TJ Carey or Rocky Sin at this point. Uh, Rock's had some good practices this week. Maybe he bears the better end of that. You know, Isaiah Rogers uh, got a, a pick six today at training camp. So 
you know, good to see him taking advantage of that. But nevertheless, you know, I'm interested to see who rises up to the occasion there because that third corner spot's still up for grabs. It still is, man. And Marvell Tell could be a sneaky guy, too, that you have to watch out for as well. There's a lot of guys still going for that position, and nobody's really separated themselves up to this point. I mean, TJ Carey was a starter last week, but he got completely burned against PJ Walker. So it wasn't even against Sam Darnold. So you got to wonder, oh, I don't really like to see that, you know. But so Rock, like you mentioned, he's had a really good week of practice. And that's something that we talked about when he had his first good week or first good day of this week. We said, okay, can he stack practices? And it seems like the last three days, he's had really good practices. So I'm excited to see, okay, how does that translate now to the field? How does that translate to the field? Can he do the things that we saw and heard that he was doing in practice? Can he stop, you know, getting all handsy all the time, getting those penalties? Can he stay disciplined? I'm really looking forward to that. And also some of these younger corners, because I felt like nobody really had a great performance in week number one. So, yeah, definitely one I'm watching. We said three, but I think another one I'm interested in, Derek, is those young pass rushers. Specifically, you think of guys like Tyquan Lewis, who just returned to practice on Thursday. Quiddy Pay came back earlier this week. DeForest Buckner came back as well. And then you got guys like Kamoko Ture, Ben Banigou, who's been having a really strong camp, had another strong day. But you looked at the first preseason game, and there were some good rushes by some guys. But I felt like it was a little bit underwhelming from this these young pass rushers who have been killing it at camp from what everybody's been saying. So now I'm looking, okay, can some of these guys make it translate to the field? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's very nice to see, you know, some of these guys coming back and you know, we'll see how all that translates with everything. I mean, I I might, I would like to see Quiddy Pay, you know, a couple times on Saturday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. As well, I know he just got back and I'm not sure whether or not, you know, he'll actually play. Might be a guy that the Colts decide they don't want to take the risk on. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's an option. I don't know. It would be nice if the Colts told us like who the starters are specifically that are going to get to play. That would be nice to know just to kind of prepare myself. But nevertheless, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to see those guys and, you know, guys that played last week that I want to see more of. You know, we talked about Ben Banigou. I'm sure you mentioned him earlier in the training camp recap video. You know, he said he had another two or three sacks today, you know? So again, the dude's been eating it up. I want to see, you know, that happen in Saturday's game. If he can do that. 
and guys like that. So again, just all about taking the opportunities that you get. Yep. For sure. And yeah, I mean, we've had practice heroes before, right? Guys that have really looked good in practice, but it doesn't translate. And so for Ben, that was his big issue last year was you're not practicing, right? So he's having good practices. Now can it translate to actually performing on the field? That's what I'm really looking forward to. And I guess that kind of transitions us to some of the players we're watching. I think Ben Banigou is a guy that I'm watching for sure. As well, you mentioned Quiddy Pay. Who are some other guys you're really looking forward to watching in week number two on Saturday? I want to see more of Zaire Franklin. I saw the big hit. Everyone saw the big hit. So I want to see, you know, more of Zaire Franklin in there. And I want to see, I want to see some more Isaiah Rogers, man. I mean, I've seen a couple plays here and there. I want to see some more Isaiah Rogers. I want to see if that man can actually fly the way that we see it. I really hope that, you know, those two guys specifically come in and start just creating mayhem on Saturday. Maybe then that'll make things a little bit more difficult for the Colts on that third corner position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be great. It'd be great if there was like, they were both all playing so well, you you couldn't really decide. It doesn't seem like it's been the case so far, but yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see Isaiah Rogers get a little bit more of a look at corner as well. I think some other guys I'm looking that I'm interested in looking at. Andrew Brown is a name that he I thought was one of the best players on Sunday. I really did, and nobody talked about him, but he was creating mayhem at that defensive tackle position. I think he's making a case potentially for a roster push as well. So I'm intrigued to see some of these, this backup defensive tackle, how this kind of plays out for all these different guys. I'm really looking forward to that as well. Also, I'm looking forward to the number three safety position. um, I'm looking forward specifically to to Andre Chikari. He had a really awesome stop on on Sunday's game where the guy tried to basically hurdle him and he just was having none of it. And I thought he's had a pretty good camp from what people have said. And he could potentially be a sleeper guy for that number three safety position, a name that we never considered because he wasn't a safety before training camp. But now he's he's played primarily that third safety role, and he's looked pretty good doing it. Yeah, I mean, it, it totally is insane, you know, to see some of these guys who, yeah, we've never even really talked about going into Sunday's game, and then, you know, they make one or two really good plays, and then it just really just sticks in your head on guys that actually could legitimately make the roster. and. You know, there's been a couple guys that have been injured and, you know, other guys have had to step up and that's how you get a spot in this league. So you hope that he can make another play like that. And then, you know, the next roster cuts come around, hopefully makes a couple more plays like that. And then, you know, things might be moving in place for him. Mm -hmm. Well, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention some of these young pass catchers as well, right? Mike Strawn, the obvious one. The train seems to get bigger every week for Michael Strawn. The Mike Strawn hype train is getting bigger, Derek, and I think we're getting on board here. He has looked absolutely incredible. Thursday had another incredible catch. Nice throw from Easton there. He has looked great. And then you throw in guys like Tyler Vaughn, Tariq Black, and so many other guys, Desmond Patman, who were making plays. This could be a bigger battle than we initially thought for that number five and number six wide receiver spot. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. I mean, I thought this was going to be relatively easy for the Colts to pick, you know, six guys. But, you know, we, we've we got so many guys that are doing something now. 
it's hard to really wrap my head around all of this. I mean, Strawn at this point is basically just at this point, if he doesn't get hurt, he's making the roster. There, there's no question about it. I think even the the Colts fans have all been in agreement on this. From everything we've seen in training camp, he's made a play every single day. Even today, made a great catch from Jacob Eason. Every day makes a play. And then it's th- at this point, you know, who is the number six guy? I mean, you know, it's Ashton Doolin's name is not promised anymore. You know, we kind of said that you and I both kind of said it. Oh, for special teams wise. Yeah. Ashton Doolin is safe, but he's not safe anymore because Strawn has completely rerouted how the Colts are going to look at this group. Do you go with Patman who has the physical attributes do you go with a guy like Tariq Black or Tyler Vaughns, the undrafted guys that can make contested catches? Do you go with DeMichael Harris or an Ashton Doolin who can help you on special teams? There are so many different guys. And the problem is we're not going to stash all of these guys. So somebody's eventually going to walk and somebody's going to go and it's going to suck because some of those guys do really good. You know, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem because there's so many good options to choose from. <laughs> yeah, you said it there. And I do think ultimately they will end up keeping the guy that plays special teams. I think you kind of have to right now, especially with how important special teams are. I mean, I heard it from, I think it was Kevin Bowen a couple of days ago when he was talking about this wide receiver group. He said, you know, a guy like Ashton Doolin, who can down a punt within down inside the five, say, or something like that, can do some of that work on special teams. That's so much more valuable than a wide receiver that's never going to see the field. Right. So that's why I think for that number five slash number six wide receiver, at least for one of those spots, you kind of got to go special teams because those guys are going to have a bigger impact on the outcome of, of a game than, say, the guy that has more of the physical attributes. I mean, unless these other guys are really, really good on special teams, I just don't see the Colts not getting a wide receiver that could play special teams. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But it, you're right. It does suck because I want all these guys to make the roster. I think they've all made really strong cases for it. I want to see more of them. I want to I want to keep all these guys because they're young and they're exciting. But, you know, we already know the top four wide receivers. And unfortunately, you can only keep two more guys. And hopefully, you know, the Colts keep – we think the Colts are going to keep strong. So, really, there's only one more spot that's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, Strawn has – like I said, he's practically secured that fifth wide receiver spot. All just a matter of who is the number six. Yeah. So, I mean, I do hope they keep as many guys as they can on the practice squad because I don't want to lose these guys. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Right. But I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to ball out here in week number two. But guys, that'll do it for our kind of preview of this game. Not really a whole lot regarding the Minnesota Vikings, more so just on the Colts and some roster battles going on players we're going to watch in this game but thank you guys so much for tuning in really appreciate all your support going to be a lot of fun on saturday we're going to have the pre-game show we're also going to have the live play-by-play Derek, i think you're going to do that again i'm not 100 sure 100 we haven't talked about that yet but yep, i think you'll do it i'm pretty sure yep 100 okay and then we'll also have probably a post-game show like we did last week And then we'll do a recap as well. So there'll be a lot of content coming out Saturday and Sunday. We hope you guys will check that out when it does come. We hope to see you there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.